Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his words. So I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hi, thank you for joining us here at Walk With Me, and I'm your host, JJ. And I thank you once again for joining us. And I can, again, I'm seeing all the people that are listening, and I, I really do appreciate you. You guys don't realize how much this humbles me that you guys are listening, um, that you folks are listening, because I know there's guys and girls listening. So you guys are really humbling me in, in this, and keeps me going when the doubt is there, if that if there is such a thing. Because, you know, the devil will ask you, hey, you know, I don't think everybody listening to this thing. But, you know, you then you go and God will show you that people are listening. It really, really is a good thing. If only one person listens, then I'm doing my mission. Doing my mission. But um, thank you for those who have supported the, the our patrons. Uh, which is Squeezy Creations. A um, lot of products going to be coming out very soon, so hold on to your hats. Hold on to your cups. Hold on to your shirts. Uh, just hold on. There's a lot of stuff coming up. She's even getting ready to start making a uh, like a flag decals for those that are in uniform and in various public service, like thin gold line and stuff like that. So just be... Just be aware those flags are coming um, and so many more products are coming. Um, and True Bars, who makes the bump music for the show, well, I have, you have no idea how much I appreciate his work. Um, if you're looking for a beat for your own project, sure, feel free, hit him up. It's True Bars, T-R-U-B-R-Z as in Zulu, and The Lyricist. And he'll He'll ask you for some ideas of what you want, and then he'll make something just for you. So hit him up, look him up, and uh, if you look, if you do listen to his music, some of his lyrics are a little explicit. Uh, but if you want to do a project for you, it's the best one to get. Okay. That being said, let's go ahead and wrap up dispensation number four. The promise. Uh, just want to finish up. We were talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. And and why that's the way that ended up is so important uh, because there was no way God was going to let that stand. And one of the things that I've always considered very interesting when I finally kind of really started looking into God and the Bible and Sodom and Gomorrah, the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has a salt content that is so high that you can actually sit on in the water and float. That's how dense that water is. And then that's because the salt content is just so high. I've seen pictures of it. I've never been there myself, but I've seen lots of studies done on that lake and on that sea and how people are sitting, I've seen pictures of people literally sitting, sitting in the water and just their hips are submerged. That's, that's amazing that that, that that happened. And then I think, well, Lot's wife was turned into salt. 
well, now, wait a minute. I don't believe in coincidence, especially when it comes to God. I, I, I just don't believe it. I believe that was a thing that God was telling us that this exactly where this happened. And I believe I saw, I read a, a couple stories where they, uh, a couple underwater surveyors found uh, some walls that could have only been the walls of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because back then, those cities, the cities were walled. Every city had a wall around it. And it was to stop people from attacking, just willy-nilly attacking. But it was just amazing that they found those walls and that the city is uh, probably still, well, the remnants of the city are still there. So we're going to go and we'll try to wrap up this whole dispensation of promise because remember the the whole promise about was about growing a great nation okay so the scattered races um, started worshiping idols and then you know Abraham was called or Abram was called by God and then God gave him the promise. And if you want to read that, that's going to be Genesis 2, 12, 2, and 3. Now, the covenant and its seal between God and Abram was that Abram was going to be a great, the head of a great nation. But Abraham, or Abram, jumped the gun and created Ishmael through his handmaid, Hagar. And that was a problem. Um, and then, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, and and Isaac was born, who was the promised son. He was the promised son, according to God. God is saying that this is who I promised you, not throughout your marriage, because when I told you the promise, you said you you laughed because it was you and Sarah. I didn't say you and Hagar, you and Sarah, right? So, even still, even though the promise was there. God tested Abraham. What had, what did he do? He said, bring me your son. Sacrifice your son unto me. And the amount of subterfuge that Abraham used to get Isaac up there to the to where he does his sacrifices. And Isaac wasn't no slouch. He wasn't just a slouch. He, he kind of realizes they got up there. Abraham was acting kind of funny because he says, hey, uh, hey, dad, hey, listen, uh, I know we come up here for a sacrifice, but uh, uh, I don't see no ram. And then when Abraham put him on this, this slab, tied him up, put the slab, put him on the slab, blindfolded him, got him ready to sacrifice, Isaac did not struggle. Now, I, I I don't, I never saw where God actually spoke to Isaac up to this point. But So that means Abraham had correctly and in such convincing manner conferred or conveyed that promise that Isaac was going to be the the spawn of many nations or his nation, nation of Israel. 
So Isaac didn't struggle. Isaac didn't turn around and kill his father, and and that would have just been a whole whole heap of trouble. So Isaac says, "Okay, he got up there. He did. He was very obedient." Now I'm not saying that we should do that, but that is a very special situation. But uh, he was. He got up there and he did what he was supposed to do. And right when Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, God said, "Hey, hey, 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 Abraham, Abraham, wait, wait, wait." I promise he was going to be the, uh, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. He, I promise he was going to be the, the head of the nation here, Israel. So uh, I was just playing. Here's a rant right here, man. Go, go ahead and sacrifice that and we good. So God, when God makes a promise to you, even if a, a even if he tests you, He's he's not gonna do something. He's not gonna give you a test that that you can't overcome, or there's not a way out of it, or he's not gonna test you past the point where he's just trying to see where your faith is, or your faith is not an example to someone else, and that's a big one because God knows where your faith is, but sometimes He'll test you so that you can be an example to someone else because. Abraham's faith is an example to all of us at some point in our lives. So that being said, Isaac went on, had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Esau didn't really care about his birthright. He loved to hunt. He loved to be a man of the field. He didn't care about being home and building stuff. Jacob was not that one. Jacob liked to stay at home. He's kind of like a mama's boy. And, but Jacob was very wily to the point where not only did he deceive Esau, he deceived Isaac into giving him the blessing. Because that, in order for that whole, uh, that whole trick to fall apart or to come through, to come together, was Esau had to sell the birthright to to Jacob, and then Jacob had to convince Isaac to give him the birthright blessing. And the way it was played off, it was just just a master deception. And that's why God changed the name of Jacob to Israel, because Jacob was known as the deceiver. So, now that whole birthright thing was not without consequences. Because of that, Jacob had to spend 20 years working for his wives and his cattle. Now, if you want to read about that, that's going to be in Genesis chapter 29 and 30. So, and then, on top of that, Jacob had to end up wrestling an angel. And that's when his name was changed to Israel. And that's going to be in Genesis chapter 32. Now, here's where the promise ends. And this is the end of the, the dispensation of promise. Jacob had 12 sons. And we all know that. We all call them Israel now. So Israel had 12 sons. 
And Israel loved Joseph. And you could read that in, in chapter 37 of Genesis. Now the brothers being so angry and jealous of the fact that Joseph was the most beloved, begin to plot against him and, and sell him. And they end up selling him to uh, slave traders. So, and I just want to stop right there and say, just because you go into bondage doesn't mean it's all over. So, and Joseph had a pretty good run of it. A good, pretty bad run of it. Sorry, he had a pretty bad run. Um, you know, because they, they told... Uh, they told Israel that Joseph was dead, and they showed him the coat dipped in goat's blood, and and I mean they had this, they had to pull off the perfect crime. There was no CSI Miami um, back then, so they didn't say, "Hey, this this has goat DNA in it." No, it's just blood, and and they convinced Israel that uh, Joseph had been killed, but Joseph was. He was a servant for a while. He was he was doing the right thing. He didn't turn on himself and on his morals, and because he had, he also had a dream. He also had a prophetic and a promised dream. He never let go of that dream about his brother serving him, and you can read about that. Um, but he never, he never let go of that promise, because that was a promise God made him. So it was pretty well known right off the bat that Joseph was given a gift from God where he can, you know, interpret dreams. And at some point, he was, you know, as a servant in, in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife made a pass at him. And Joseph said, nope, I'm good. Thanks. Not my cup of tea, lady. And so she proceeded to lie on him. And so, and then this caused Joseph to be thrown in prison. Now, just so we know, this that whole this whole thing we see every now and again of somebody crying rape when there is no rape, this is not new. This thing went all the way back to Potiphar and Potiphar's wife and Joseph. So, this is not new. So for that reason, uh, Joseph was cast into prison. And as things go, as things go, this was part of the judgment of God. Now wait for it. So Joseph's in prison. Pharaoh has a dream. And Joseph ends up interpreting the dream. Now it was such a, a a serious dream that none of his um, none of his wise men or magicians or anything like that could interpret the dream, and it, it didn't end up well for them. So, uh, long story short, I'm really kind of skimming this story. So this. There was a famine. There was seven years of good and plenty. And because of the dream, it was, you know, there was seven good years and seven bad years. And Pharaoh put Joseph in, in charge of this thing. 
and saving all the food and stuff like that. And then when the seven bad years came, the brothers had to come and kneel. And they at first they didn't even recognize Joseph because it had been that long. So, and I, I'm saying all this because even though you go into an, going into a hard time, that you literally had nothing to do with. There's a reason why you are there. There is a reason why uh, you might find yourself in that very difficult position. Joseph's story is very powerful uh, when it comes to living for God. And he was only living his best life. He was holding on to his morals. He was holding on to his ideals. He was holding on to his promise. Remember, this is the dispensation of promise. And the next thing you know, um, the brothers came down and they were, they were trying to buy food and, and Joseph played that little prank on them and ended up holding Benjamin and and then they had to come back and and he's like, well, listen, if you if you bring if you bring your father, then maybe I'll consider releasing Benjamin. And so ended up all the twelve sons of Israel with Israel moved into Egypt. And that is where that dispensation ends because it ended in bondage. They didn't know it then, but Israel would quickly become slaves to Egypt. And one other thing I wanted to say about Joseph and his his deal, he went through a lot. His whole, from the time he grew up, he went through a lot. He was persecuted by his family. How many of you, for for reasons you're not even aware of, felt persecuted by your family, your own family, your own brothers and sisters. And then, but you keep your morals together, you keep your head together. And then, you're falsely accused I mean, of a heinous thing. I mean, back then, you rape somebody, that's... You end up losing parts of you because this is how the justice system sort of worked back then. You steal something, you get your hand cut off. You told a lie, you get your tongue cut out. So imagine what happens when you rape somebody. So, and especially a high-ranking official, this is like, this ain't just like, uh, you know, raping somebody who's just walking down the street. You, you, you're being accused of raping uh a governor's wife. So this person is very powerful in society. So you will be made an example of as far as law and order is concerned. So there you go. So now you know what kind of fix Joseph is in. But yet, he maintains his innocence. He didn't do it. And even though he, he maintains his innocence, he spent some time in jail. So Understand that even though you're innocent, God may allow you to go through some things, not only for you to learn a lesson yourself, but for other people to learn the lesson through you.
Now, just keep in mind that one of the things that one of the things that really changed for the children of Israel was that they began to get they began to grow and multiply and fulfill God's promise. They became a mighty nation. And this is what really made Egypt afraid. So some of the times when God fulfills promises in you, you will begin to inspire fear in other people. And again, it's not because you're being evil or mean, it's just that people are are afraid of you taking over their spot, so to speak. And this is exactly what happened with Egypt and Israel. So that's how it ended in bondage. Because they didn't leave. Egypt did not leave like they were supposed to. Israel, I'm sorry, Israel did not leave Egypt like they were supposed to. So while they were enjoying a good life, they were breaking God's promise because God told them they were going to be a mighty nation. Not they were going to be subject to another nation. And so this is why they ended up in bondage because they overstayed their welcome. And this is where a lot of times I heard a great preacher once say, sin is like Egypt. You'll go down there and you'll stay longer than you want to stay. You'll pay more than you want to pay. And you won't be able to get out where you want to. And this is exactly what happened to the children of Israel. And then, next thing you know, they were slaves. And they wasn't just servants. They went from being guests to servants to slaves. And then persecuted slaves. Like, really bad. To the point where, like, they were sick and dying. And then it became time for God to bring them out. And that's a really serious thing that God is very faithful about. If he's made a promise to you, even though that promise ended in judgment, he's not going to forget about you. Because the promise, he's, he's going to bring that promise back. And he's going to bring that promise back like he did with Moses in the book of Exodus. So, um, again, this was dispensation number four. And we're going to talk about, um, in our next session, about uh, Moses and, and everything that is involved in that. We're really going to try to move on to dispensation number five and then six, where we are today. We are in dispensation number six. So stick with us, and then we'll be able to, I'll be able to catch up on some of these questions I've been getting. Oh, they're so amazing. Um, I may actually break next week's uh, episode and actually just do some questions um, because they're just piling up. But again, I thank you for joining walk with me i'm your host jj and i love y'all bye-bye be blessed
Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason.